Episode 193, dated Friday the 4th of March 2011. The 20 lamest video game characters at the doorway to room 101. This week, in polar opposition to the stellar and epic double episode, The 50 Greatest Characters, published last December, we have selected 20 of the lamest. These 20 are all here for different reasons. Lazy programming, focus grouped bandwagon jumping, being overly annoying, being offensive stereotypes that harm the image of video games, or just plain killing your enjoyment of what might otherwise be a great game. But there's more at work here. We have a challenge episode. I personally am dead set on sending every one of these characters into Room 101, the fiery mythological place we've mentioned many times before where things are banished to be forgotten about and abandoned forever. But there may be a chance of reprieve for some of them, if Tony and our guests have any love for them and or strong arguments for their continued existence. Then again, if the arguments aren't good enough, or if everybody hates them, then into Room 101 they shall go, never to darken our screens again with their shittiness. Our guest this week... I guarantee that, though. You seriously can't. No responsibility will be given for more Duke Nukem games. Our guests this week are... James Midgemeister Perkins and Darren Des Gargett of the I Don't Know Fucking Anything podcast. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hello, gentlemen. And Matthew Matt Harrier Ramsey, the DC Forumite, and regular Gonzo guest. Hello. Now, we've tried to keep these in roughly chronological order, but we've saved the most divisive character for the finale. He was thrown off the 50 greatest characters list, but will he survive the drop off the bottom rung? Duke Nukem, you are the lion in the jungle this time. You're well, out for him. You're going to take him down. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. But a lot, I mean, seriously, the amount of Duke love we've been getting, it's going to be a tough fight for me. Along the way, I'll be reading choice experts from the forum with your views, which may still save or condemn this wretched mob. So let's start off in 1983, Dirk the Daring from Dragon's Lair. Now, actually, to, to, to do this one, uh, we're going to call upon Midgemeister, who I believe has never played Dragon's Lair. That is correct. 1983, it was still another seven years till I was born. Oh, my God. Right, OK. <laughs> Let me. What I'm going to do is we're going to get a picture of Dirk the Daring, and Midge is going to describe him to us. Uh, as if, you know, for, for for the young who've never experienced these games before. So if you'd like to uh, check out the chat window there, Midge. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was a Laserdisc game. It was basically a, a cartoon that you could affect in, in various ways. And the, the, the problem with it was that you could only do, like, you go up, up, down, left or right. But you had to do it, like, on the second. So Dirk would l- launch himself across the screen towards a giant pit of spikes and you'd press up at just the right time. And if you did, he'd jump over the spikes and on onto the next uh, scenario. And it, it looked really impressive for its day, but it's, it's effectively just a giant quick time event. Like heavy rain then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you looking at, Midge? I mean, what does this guy say to you? Um, a strange man in a skirt with um, <laughs> some sort of golden sword at his side. He looks a bit angry. And <laughs> looks like he's constipated, actually. <laughs> not far off. It's a good description. Does he look like he might be from the Disney's Sword in the Stone? Yes. I was thinking of something uh, early Disney. So. Yeah, it was uh, Don Bluth did the animation for it. He uh, worked on many of the Disney cartoon animated films before the 80s. And so he split from Disney and said, I'm going to do my own animation company. We're going to do Laserdisc games. It sounds like a porn star line, doesn't it? Dirk the Daring. Dirk Jiggler the Daring. Yeah, he goes places where no one else goes. You know what I mean? With his luscious golden sword. 
You know I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's disgusting. The more I think about it, the, oh, filth. <laughs> the only thing I ever remember about Dirt the Daring is just the red suit. Dragon's Lair is a huge favourite with a lot of our DC formats. We've got uh, several quotes from people who don't want us to put Dirk in there. We've got this one from Squeegee. I'd like to defend Dirk the Daring. Hmm. He's a sword-wielding, dragon-slaying knight with no annoying dialogue like most of the early Risen Evil games. Dragon's Lair is severely dated now, being one long quick-time event where you're rarely told which button to hit, but you can't hold it against Dirk. Um, I think you can. I think you can. He's a complete and utter pillock, and I don't believe he actually had it in him. If he, if he hadn't been running so fast all the time, if he'd taken it a bit less, you know, just chucking himself against the wall, and maybe, you know, exercised a little bit of caution, would have had a bit more time to hit the buttons. Yeah, but he was on the frontier of new technology. Man, he was on Laserdisc. Not many other game characters can say they were on Grace the Laserdisc. He's one of the few, and probably actually if you look at all the rest of the Laserdisc games, so like you've got the shooting games, which are, what are they? Oh, Mad Dog McCree. Yep. Stuff like that. Who shot Johnny Rock? <laughs> they're more worthy. I think as a game, it's probably the most famous Laserdisc game, and he's probably the most uh, iconic character from Laserdisc games. Oh, this is tough. So, it really is, because, I mean, if anyone's actually played it, it's really frustrating in this day and age. You, you die any like within seconds. Is he responsible for the, either, uh, the revolution of these Laserdisc games, and therefore that awful CDI uh, Link game? Because that was horrible. Oh, that, that followed a long, long time later. But at the same time, they are linked in some six degrees way. Mm. Mm. I think but again, you can't really blame Dirk. Oh, I'm, I'm going to blame him. He's, just the, he's the front man. <laughs> yeah. He's there. He's representing the whole Laserdisc uh, <laughs> phenomenon. So, yeah. I, I it, wasn't, it wasn't much of a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. This what true. I can say is that... Um, I actually played Dragon's Lair on the game. The Game Boy version is the only one I've ever played. Oh, the side-scrolling platformer. Yeah, and that was just as frustrating and annoying, but I still really liked the game. Um, but yeah, Dirk used to charge onto spikes and all sorts of shit when he, in that game as well, so it's not because he was on Laserdisc. Uh, oh. He was a tosser when he was in a platforming game. I, I tell you, now that you mention it, I played the SNES version, another side-scrolling platformer, also equally awful. It, this one's a tough one because I think we're going to offend. We'll get, we can't not offend people when we do this right. episode because we're going to be throwing some of their most beloved characters. Like Ryan has a boner for James Pond, for example. Talk <laughs> to that in a second. Um, so I mean, yeah, I'm I'm still for chucking him in there. I have I have no compunction with saying goodbye to Dirk forever. Anybody want to defend him and, and keep him out? No, just by his name alone, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Despite that Mid- <laughs> Midge is somewhat confused and alarmed and somewhat aroused by him. Midge, so. Do you know what a laser is? Tony, Matt, either of you guys want to keep Dirk out? Uh, you know what, actually, I'm going to chuck him in, but uh, those of you who are really into your Dragon's Lair will know full well that the second he dies, he comes straight fucking back again. And keeps running into the same hole. Yep, just turns into a skeleton. <laughs> and so if he keeps falling into Room 101, it's his own fault. Okay, 1984, the dog from Duck Hunt. Shove him in. What's <laughs> your problem with the dog for Duck Hunt? Me? He's, he scared yeah. the crap out of me when I was a kid. He scared you? What are you talking about? I was only like two or How three. How you scared by something that goes... So your argument would be that he does nothing, right? Other than just pop on the screen and go, ha-ha, duck in mouth, look at me. Or no, worse is that he laughs at you if you don't hit any ducks. Mm, but you, but you deserve to be laughed at, man, if you can't hit ducks. <sighs> you know, I, I think if the dog had just been a little bit disappointed with you, mm. it would have been better. You'd have been like, oh, I've got to keep the dog Nonsense. happy. Yeah, 
just a bit sort of, oh, if that's the best you can do. But he actually physically laughed in our faces. Well, and I quite like that. I like the ideas that uh, the idea that kids are actually being taunted for their failures in games back back then. <laughs> you know, back then, like, when they wouldn't hold your hand, they'd, yeah, they'd burn right. your hand with a cigarette. I remember him popping up from the bottom of the screen, and I actually don't remember him just like being the guy there just to annoy me. I kind of went, hey, the dog. I have one thing to say about the dog from Duck Hunt. Yeah. Bye bye. Enjoy Room One Hundred One. So we got one against. I think Matt, you're going to be the deciding vote. To be honest, if he was if he was just sort of popped up and didn't really didn't laugh at you, he would actually be pretty lame. But as he laughs at you, he does serve some kind of purpose. No. Yes, come on, Matt. Come on. Personally, I'm I'm going to keep him out of Room One Hundred One. Yes. Myself. (sighs) That's only Midge against. So uh, the dog is safe. Yes. (laughs) Okay, nineteen eighty six. Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Burn him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Uh, I don't know what it is about Alex Kidd. When he punches, like, doesn't his fist like become the size of his head? I just never really. Yes. Surely, Alex. like, he would just fall over every time he punched. Right. Set up Alex Kidd for the people that don't know. 1986. <laughs> that could be a fair few. Right. No, it was literally just after Super Mario Brothers came out in I think 1985. Um, and uh, a little kid with a giant head, dungarees, red, um, and he. Mario-esque, would you say? Very Mario-esque. I mean, but it didn't have that... Because you could punch, that made it a whole... Oh, I don't know, I can't even just... This, this, he's, he's so chirpy, he's got a stupid little haircut and stupid little ears. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey! And he keeps giving you the old two-finger victory sign. And then when he gets the end bosses, rather than actually having a proper boss fight, he plays scissors, paper, rock with them. Which is so lame. That's awesome. That is awesome. And also, their heads were shaped like what they were going to use. Like, if it's a scissors yeah. boss, he's going to use scissors. I never worked that out when I was a kid. Oh, for goodness sake. That's so, so a revelation to me now. It's a revelation right now. I've, oh. never, I've only just worked that out. So he came as a pack-in, didn't he? Yeah, he was with... If you got a Master himself. System 2, Alex Kidd and Miracle World was on the game system. It was free. And, and it was the first rival. game a lot of us played. He was meant to be a rival to Mario. Not really. He, he was very... Well, the Sega equivalent. Similar. But he, and that's probably the reason why I hate him so much, because he's so far off. It's like they, they totally. shot for Mario, and yet yeah. they're so <clears throat> far off. Well, you know what? Actually, I, I, don't even, I don't even hate him for that. I didn't dislike Alex Kidd in Miracle World. It was too hard for me to finish in my first uh, in my okay. Master System yeah. era. But, ah, shoot forward about 20 years and uh, get me playing the uh, Sega Mega Drive collection on the 360. Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle is one of the lamest fucking platform games I've ever played. That game is horrible. You you have to punch cars and then (laughs) the difference between being close enough to a car to to punch it and to be able to punch it at exactly the right time and the car just nudging you and you going beep, 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 beep and dying is like a nanosecond. And it's not like Alex Kidd controls perfectly and, and, and thus you, you are able to, uh, to, to, to dispatch the car. So, yeah, no, it's it, rubber, it, awful, awful. The, the funny thing is when we control. replayed it actually is, cause you can, you think you would, just because it looks like Mario, you think you're gonna jump on top of the, the enemy's head. Yeah, no, yeah. If you yeah. do that, it kills you. <laughs> oh, you yeah. jumped on the enemy, bad idea. Oh, bad idea. <sighs> no, I, I don't know, I don't have any love for Alex well, Kidd. Alex Kidd, he was a he was a packing game, as we said, and mm. I think if you compare it to the Master System One packing game, well, built-in game that was um, some sort of weird Safari Hunt, I think they called it. Yeah. Where bears. But that makes it sound so much more cool than it actually was. <laughs> yeah. It's just called <laughs> Safari. 
I think it was a better game in that, in that respect, like because it was just like, like I say, armadillos rolling around the tree. Now you're just oh. talking about the game. This is about the character. Oh, if, the, if the game had had a better character, would it be better a better game? But you could ride motorbikes, man. Did you not see him like in the second level when you? I know. I played that he, second level a million times. He could do a wheelie. Through yeah, but box. he couldn't. He couldn't stop. He just drove like a like a bat out of hell again, like Dirk the, Dirk the Daring. He couldn't slow down properly. Was he that Alex's fault, man? He wasn't to blame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, right. The other thing, the reason that I hate him is that too many people call him Alex the Kid. Alex, this is from Super Slug. Alex the Kid was just a guy for jumping with. He doesn't have any more or less character than any other platformer of his era. It's not like Mario on the NES was any more than a jumping blob. Alex the Kid is not interesting, but I don't know how he can generate enough ire for this list. Right. You made two grievous errors there. One, you called him Alex the Kid, which it's not his, his name is Alex Kid with two Ds. Uh, the other thing is Mario has had other games since then. Mario has acquired a personality and some really cracking games since then. If, if Mario was just like a one-off with a couple of other games and over the years, then, yeah, of course, he, he was, would just remain a blob. He wasn't exactly brimming with personality at the time. But how can you play Super Mario Galaxy and, and say he's the same as Alex Kidd? I'll back him up for a second here. I, I kind of agree with him that he's a forgettable. I'm thinking more about the game itself. Uh-huh. But one of the reasons he probably deserves to be on the list, certainly if we're going by, you know, year... Um, he is entirely forgettable as a character and he was meant to be some sort of rival he's a packing on that console it's the first experience any kid was going to have when they brought their Master System to yeah. and here he was a personalist character not that he necessarily needed that but I don't know just ultimately boring and you know and yeah. don't forget the music He went off the gold coins. Hmm. Here's the thing. Uh, you could say, well, that's the game, not the kid, but you can't separate the kid from that music. So, yeah, I, I, uh, well, you know my mind. I say in. Tony says? I say in. In. Oh, go on then. Sack him off. Hey. Oh, he just reminded me that he w- I wasn't playing a Mario game, so yeah, chuck him in the fucking room. Brilliant. Horrible, hateful person. <laughs> okay, actually, on the sp- speaking of horrible packing games, that were also on the Sega Mega Drive collection that just inspired vomiting. Just nauseous fits of vomiting over and over again. Centurion Beast King from Altered Beast, 1988, on the Mega Drive. Oh, now, Tony, your experience of this game, what what do you do in this game? Because that is the character. <laughs> well, you and me, this is strange that it comes after Alex Kidd, because you and me had a huge argument about which was, which was worse, Alex Kidd or uh, Alter Beast. And I was saying Alter Beast is a lot worse than Alex Kidd. And I still mm-hmm. stand by that. Um, but this is my, it's not just it's, it's arguing the merits of two differently shaped pieces of poo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is this about the game and... and it's it's not really. It's about the the character in the game, and on the face of it, you turn into a beast, which is kind of cool. Power phases of the beast. It looks like a. It's supposed to be a werewolf doing a karate kick, but 
I mean, it really does look like just someone has thrown shit at a skeleton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My main issue with this guy is actually just that he he didn't do anything. He walked to the right. He had a gnarly little head, and then he could get slightly more muscular, and then he'd turn into a beast, fire stuff. And my issue was that he he wasn't a character at all. I mean, maybe he shouldn't even be on here, because I I had to look hard to find out his name. But he's just so lame. He just, he he makes these horrible noises. When you die, he goes, Oh, I remember playing this game, you know, when it was first out, and it was a pack-in with the Mega Drive. And uh, my mate at the time, he was called, uh, well, he's still called Howard, not he was called. And uh, I remember him throwing it in the bin and playing Alien 3 instead because he was just so outraged. Yeah, he was so outraged, literally effed it in the bin. Um, But I remember playing two-player with him. And I I swear at one point halfway through the game, you both turned into bears, like big fluffy bears, and one of you was pink. And for that reason alone, he's got to go in, because I didn't want to be player two and the pink fluffy bear. Pink Care Bear. Yeah, it's not dangerous. What's scary about that? He could do this Care Bear stare. (laughs) And then he, like, the the bear, didn't the bear, like, kick a small puffy ball? I think they all did, didn't they? Every time they crouched and kicked, (laughs) they were just like a little wisp. Uh, Yeah, and that was the other thing about him. When when you crouched down and kicked, he, like, sort of did this weird kick upwards. (laughs) <laughs> to get rid of those, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't defend himself properly. And these guys, these enemies moved so slowly. He, well, he was the least qualified fighter in video games. Yeah, and, it, and it's true because the reason I'm going to throw him in is if you get towards, I think it's, a, it might even be the first level where you come to a guy. No, it was maybe the third. But basically, they start throwing fireballs out out the top, and they they mm. drift down, and you've got to try to dodge them. Yep. And just the control system in that game, it's almost impossible not to be hit by fireballs. Because you, you jump and he jumps at a weird angle. And yeah, sure, that's a lot of just, it's a game of uh, of its time. But to play it now, it just feels utterly broken. I think... Yeah, the character's horrible. I think it's, it, it's kind of unfair to, to throw the character in for all these... Um, game tropes. I know we 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 have just Doing been talking it. about it. I know we're talking about, it. but at the same time, he is perfectly exemplary of just those arcade games in the late eighties where all you did was play a guy, a muscular guy, and you had to kill things. And that's just it's shame on Sega for just doing this again and again. And yeah, Capcom and Konami and everyone else. So I think it, they must be laughing when they saw that. Anyone want him out of uh, Room One Hundred and One? Oh, definitely. You, you want him out of oh, No, sorry, I want him out of my life forever. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say one thing before we put him into Room 101. Yeah. Welcome to your doom. Welcome <laughs> to your doom. Welcome to your doom. Yeah, he had more personality. Little bald, <laughs> squeaky Richard O'Brien type. Okay, right. <clears throat> this next one's for Ryan. 1990. James Pond, underwater agent. Bearing in mind, Mario <laughs> held a lot of water and uh, a lot of people, a lot of companies were scrabbling to make a, a colourful, bright character that could be in a platformer. And in this case, it was an underwater platformer. Um, let's just say they failed. <laughs> what does he look like? Is he, um, is he pissy in, in nature? It looks like a sex toy. Oh, crack it off at this cover, man. Oh, There's even a woman on the cover, like he, like he's like, right, I'm gonna have sex with that woman. <laughs> and this is EA, right? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm oh. gonna have to defend James Bond. Go for it. Death. I mean, Ryan's, Ryan would be ab- upset if nobody did. Right. So, so the couple that we're to the death, at, you'll die, yes. Bond, will you? Right. The couple we're looking at here is for the Mega Drive. Now, I never played it on the Mega Drive. I played it on the Amiga. Now, the Amiga ah. had some super fine games. Don't get me wrong. But James Pond, to me, was one of those. It's part of my, my 
weirdly my childhood of playing James Bond, it was actually a decent platform. In that platform, you could also shoot. Um, and the level design was really, really good for the time. I mean, whether he... <laughs> sure, you look, I'm looking at the character now. He's a fish with a pistol. Looked like James Bond. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's you know, on aesthetics alone. But give him, give him credit. A fish dressed as James Bond. Man. What? Why would you give him credit for that? That's not awesome. (laughs) It was awesome. Look at that cover though, it's all. Okay, it's not. (laughs) Look at that oil rig in the background, as if he ever exploded anything during those three games. That oil rig advertising. (laughs) No, no, you see, he had the advantage. He's in in that sea. He can get to that oil rig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look look at that one for James Pond 2. He's got some sort of metal armour. Yeah. And some penguins and a car which well, looks like Herbie. I, I think the reason I like it is because you wouldn't get something like this now. No. This, this, this isn't like marketed. Without, this, yeah, yeah this, this isn't taken. This was just, I mean, I know it's EA on the box, but this is something, something that was really like, okay, I'm going to make a game and it's a fish in a suit and a gun. And just that would never happen now. Yeah. And I kind of like that, you know, because I played on the Amiga, I kind of see it more as a, a, a weird independent game. Clearly it wasn't. Um, but I, you know, I liked him. I think it was an, an interesting character, if you could say a fish in a suit was an interesting character. But he, he interesting? Deserve. What was interesting about him? He was just a giant pun. Well, because, well <laughs> yes, I agree, but it was also a, a, good, it was a good game underneath all that as well. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back Tony up on this one. I thought, I thought it was alright. He's not, he's not lame enough to, to go in 101 for me. To be, to uh, be turned into batter? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like crispy fish. Okay, so we've got one in, so, uh, one in, two outs. I'm going to save him uh, purely because of this box art and oh. the, the strap lines that come underneath these screenshots. Okay, so we've got a view to a spill. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. No. Um, from Three Mile Island with love. Oh yeah, yeah. On um, Her Majesty's Seabed Service. Oh my and, uh, god. <laughs> I want to put him in even more now. I hate him. Oh, here comes the best one. The license to bubble. Oh, no, it's not that good. That yeah, like license, to, <laughs> yeah. license to gill. License to krill, if you will. License to bubble. What a shit. Oh, that, I'm swinging back on the other side now. But, um, goldfish finger. <laughs> goldfish. <laughs> I could think of that on the spot, and they were using it as marketing. Yeah, but you're many years after. Yeah, We weren't advanced in our, in our humour. Flounderball. <laughs> Living that fry, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. We've got to stop. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> He's saved. Let's move on. <laughs> All I can think now is fish puns. <laughs> got any of your own fish puns? <laughs> I'm not just going to throw them into room 101, you know, for the halibut. <laughs> right okay so 1992 miles tails per hour another pun miles per hour seriously yeah. or better known as tails no no point in me to describe this it's a cartoon fox and he's got two tails and he sounds like a twat he does but i mean he was created as a sidekick because i think at the time mario i think still until yeah, frankly, until Mario, new Super Mario Brothers Wii, that 2009 game, uh, until that came out, uh, we didn't have a Mario game where you both got to play at the same time. 
So when Sonic 2 came out, it was like two players at the same time in a platformer, but it had this great sort of jump in, jump out mechanic where you could just, like, another person could commandeer tails, but if they couldn't keep up, no problem, it would just carry on. But, but and that was a great no one ever wanted to be tails. Well, no, because he, really he didn't really feel impactful, did he? He could sort of help with boss battles because he couldn't really die, but, mm. um, I mean, he's so cute and annoying. I mean, I want to stick Sonic in as well, frankly. But, oh, he's, on, he's on my list. <laughs> but the, uh, the the limit was one character per series. So, uh, if you, mean, you mean we've only got to, we've got to pick one character from Resident Evil? There's yep. quite a few that I could pick. I know. Well, about three. But then if you're going with the Sonic series, Tails, really? There, there's been some pretty damn lame Sonic characters in the past. <sighs> well, we've got Big the Cat coming up, but he's part of our pussy galore, um, which we've got like a bag of cats. So, I mean, he's sort of, he gets in on the cat tip rather than just being a, I mean uh, tails in or out that's simple no. oh, God. <laughs> if this turns into a pun show seriously <laughs> I think uh, tails needs to I don't know he's one of those characters that in Sonic Adventure I, I, everyone knows I hate that game so much but in Sonic Adventure he sounded like a complete idiot and he sort of he ruined whatever credibility he had from Sonic 2 and 3 uh, and in, in Sonic 3 he could even pick you up if you were to plug in a second pad he could pick you up and put you on ledges where Sonic couldn't oh, reach oh yeah he had a little helicopter function yeah it was genius and uh, you, know, you, didn't, you weren't really told that until you experimented with it and uh, I think that's a, that's a plus one for Tails no matter Frankly, how annoying of all Sonic's mates he's probably one of the best I mean he beats Knuckles Knuckles is just annoying he's, yeah, he's yeah. got bad attitude at least circa adjusted for 1994 I'm, I'm looking at a list of Sonic characters and it, it's there's just too many bad ones to chuck tails in you've got Jet Wave <laughs> Amiga Storm Rogue Victor. Cream I've not even heard of these ones they're X-Men no, <laughs> the Sonic anniversary lineup. okay we're going to need a ruling Midge in or out out in Oh, purely for voice acting alone, chuck him in. Just, in. Oh, yeah, burn him. I'd say, I'd say save him, to be honest. <laughs> Doesn't matter, because he's still in. I didn't mind. <laughs> so, yeah, Tails is going to room 101, even though it was a pretty close one there. It was uh, the, the, the ruling is 3 to 2, unfortunately. But uh, if it makes you feel any better, there wasn't much Tails love on the forums. So, yeah. Right, Mick and Mac, the Global Gladiators. God, Psycho Dunk says... You could have replaced Mick and Mac with Andrew Ryan and Sander Cohen as the main characters in Global Gladiators, and they'd justifiably have made the list. McDonald's spoils everything. Mick and Mac are stereotypical 90s cool kids, with a Z, as dreamed up by advertisers in between sessions of snorting coke of Daniela Westbrook's muff. <laughs> <laughs> depth, what depth? Um, these guys, uh, I mean, this game is gruesome. You had to run around uh, a toxic landscape squirting detergent on everything with your super soakers to clean it up. Because, of course, as we all know, McDonald's is, is, is looking after the environment. I was going to say, what's this got to do with McDonald's at all other than Fuck the logo? You had to kick up McDonald's M's. It was around the same time yeah. that Captain Planet came out. It was grotesque. And it was just gr grimly hypocritical. I think, I think this was st they were still using polystyrene cartons for the cheeseburgers at this stage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, That's the game I had. Yeah. Oh, Look dear God. Look at them. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I feel dirty just looking at this. Jesus Christ. The Mega Drive version. Just look at their shit-eating grins they've got. <laughs> <laughs> look at them. I want to eat McDonald's. Anyone do you want to keep Mick and Mac out? 
No, they, they serve no purpose in uh, in any world, let alone the gaming world. And uh, well, I if just anything, they were awful. Throwing them in frozen all the other cheap packings that the now remember Burger King don't with the 360 titles as well sneaking yeah oh. sneaking and thankfully they never got released <laughs> that one was at least free I mean this one you had to pay this was a full priced game and it was promotional for god's sake yeah I, I spent know. my cool pocket spot. money on this <sighs> oh dear can <laughs> <laughs> only mention cool spot yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking of other like games. 7 up yeah he was a yeah, 7 up but thing. he was good <laughs> was there a Fido Dido game I don't think there was. See, that would have been kind of cool. It would have had black and white, like, line drawing style sensibilities, and that, that would have been at least a bit more interesting. And they could have had splashes of colour, but there wasn't, so they didn't. There you go. Okay, so, in or out? In. In? Yeah. Oh, he's horrible. They're Mitch. horrible. History will not forget him. Oh, history won't remember him. In. In. Ronald McDonald and friends in the Hamburglar Touch. Ronald Cheeseburgers! That Hamburglar wishes everything he touches would turn to McDonald's cheeseburgers. Mm. Cheeseburger! Touch! Cheeseburger! Oh. Touch! Touch! Rob a big cheeseburger! Don't touch Grimace! Oh, boy! Touch my face! It's a good time for the great You haven't touched your cheeseburger. Lu Kang from Mortal Kombat. Now, my reasoning on this is because... Uh, the, all, most of the Mortal Kombat characters are actually pretty fucking lame. They're, they're designed to appeal to violent uh, teenage boys, you know, which, yeah, fair enough, we were. But uh, but we've kind of grown up now, and so now they, we could sort of see them for the horribly focus group, sort of like, let's have a ninja, and we could very cheaply have another ninja of a different colour, and let's have a dude with, like, like a, a straw hat on, and let's have, like, a movie star, and let's have, like, a, a, a combat chick, and let's have a dude with a Terminator eye, and, you know, it's, it's, let's have Bruce Lee, was Liu Kang. Now, my reason is because of all of the first seven Mortal Kombat characters, he was the least hard. His first fatality, he did a complicated little kick, and then a punch, and he'd just you know, uppercut you, and you'd come down, and blood would come down. But everyone else fucking ripped your skull off your head, or set you on fire, or ripped your heart out of your chest, and they were really sort of like, Ugh, or punched your head clean off your body. Like, the sort of stuff that parents would hate. Liu Kang was of the parents' Mortal Kombat character. If your parents were watching you play, and you were like, no, no, mum, it's all right. See, this is the worst that happens. And and he didn't get much better later on. And he's also a horrible Bruce Lee clone. So that, you know, he's like, He's like doing that, that all the time, and and it's it's like people who watch Liu Kang fight, I believe, would take that with them and think that that's what Bruce Lee was like. I think he's quite harmful, but uh, it, he's there representing every lame ass Mortal Kombat character. But anybody got any opposition or? or no, nah, I think <laughs> Liu Kang for me is exactly what you said. He's just a horrible stereotype with some worst video gaming moves that are just spammed over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, he, not even his finisher move was any. It was good the first time he saw it. Oh, dragon! And then he just sort of. That was Mortal Kombat two. Ah. There we go. I think Mortal Kombat 3, he does a little prayer, and a Mortal Kombat cabinet slams down and crushes his opponent. Now, that was kind of cool, but that was his best moment ever, and it didn't happen all that often. This one from Psycho Dung. Although Liu Kang was a generic knockoff, Bruce Lee, to begin with, his first fatality, Christ, he did evolve somewhat as a character. I'd rather see Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat 3 and any other MK gamer he looked like that in, in there instead. He got Dexter Fletchered in look and attitude in a big way. Effing tragic. I know what the story of him being demasked was, but it still sucked. 
So yeah, Sub Zero could go in there instead. The one that looks like Justin Long. Got, got nothing else to say about Liu Kang. Anyone? Anyone pro Liu Kang? Yeah. Nah. No. Here he goes. Bollocks to him. <laughs> <laughs> Fatality. 1993. Well, this is our bag of cats. We got 1993's Bubsy the Bobcat, or from his first game, Bubsy in Claws Encounters of the Third Kind. A lot, lot of puns back in those days. There for us already. Or 1998's Big the Cat from Sonic Adventure, or 2002's Blinks the Cat. Uh, from Blinks the Time Sweeper. Now I'm going to make this a uh, uh, you know all all or nothing. So if you're going to save one of them, you got to save them all. But if they're all going into room 101, you're doing the chucking. So uh, right, first off, let's address Bubsy. Uh, you all aware of this one? Yes. Little talking yakking cat. What could possibly go wrong? Just keeps shouting and like glides. Uh, Where's the sweater? Brings uh, back memories. <laughs> <laughs> really. Horrible memories. That game was terrible. But yeah, Bubsy the Bobcat. I think he was just uh, he was just trying to be like um, a Sonic. Uh, it was like wasn't he trying to be like Sonic? And the fact that he was really quick at points if you built up momentum. Yeah. I think I think the level design around him just didn't lend that, lend itself well to that at all. You'd just find uh-huh. yourself lost, and you were picking up these yarn balls for well, you know just because they they look like rings in some weird respect. And yeah, it's just like a shameless sort of knockoff of um, Sonic the Hedgehog and. Yeah, I played the first one, it was alright. Played the second one, it was turd. And then the 3D one, oh my god. <laughs> that was just a horrible mess. So, yeah, he didn't transition well into 3D. Which, uh, um, also, he was wisecracking. And back in those days, they could just about manage speech around the time he came out. And they were like, right, he's like Sonic, but he talks. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't get him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 no, anybody pro Bubsy? Nope, didn't think so. God, this no. one from Psycho Dunk. My God, did the powers that be push that wretched flea bag down our throats. I demand revenge. Okay, so he's definitely going in. Uh, Big the Cat? Oh, why do we have fishing in a game that's Sonic Adventure? I, I just never understood the, the the logic that went into the Sonic Adventure from the start. It was like, let's make Sonic in 3D. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's put fishing in it. But, um... It's because Zelda was so popular, like, oh. the same year. But and that had like, fishing. I think Sonic Adventure just represents everything that Sonic isn't, apart from Sonic himself, like, bombing through piers and stuff. I think Big the Cat was just... It was just what what you never, ever expected or wanted from a Sonic game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just horrible. It was like, hey, we can now go fish. You're like, no, I want to run really fast. I still want to ping around like a mental case, but no, I'm just going to sit here and catch some fish. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible game. Horrible character. Um, I, I quite like cats in the real world, but these these three are just. just right, this is what they? Big the Cat would look like in the real world. Oh God, deviant art. But look at this grotesquely corpulent purple cat with spiky long ears, just lying back, just because he's too big to move. Who dyes their cat purple? Who fed that cat potato chips? <laughs> <laughs> Radioactive potato chips, more like it. Okay, uh, anybody else want to keep Big the Cat out? Nope. 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 <laughs> okay. 
Right, so lastly, so many people could maybe save the day. Blink's the time sweeper. I mean, the story of Blink's actually is it's a weird one because I actually really like Blink's the game. But this is Microsoft. They just entered the the Xbox market and they want to promote you know and they they feel like they need their mascot. Obviously, Mario and Sony are probably still struggling for a mm-hmm. mascot, but I think they were doing mm. Crash Bandicoot probably still in time, Ratchet and Clank. Mm. So they're like, okay, well we'll stick with the animal theme. Uh, Lex a cat. People like cats. And the problem is... That they worked with Bubsy. They were so <laughs> focused test, tested, I think, that they, they just they made an amalgamation of everything. So he's got these cool kind of Japanese big boots on and these kind of bright <coughs> red trousers. Goggles, don't forget the goggles. Yeah, he's, he's got these badass kind of skiing goggles as well as this big kind of hoodie, but Rolo Nick hoodie. And is, then are the goggles for when he goes through time? Because time can hit you in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the, the whole concept, obviously, for the game is that you could rewind time, and the, the hard drive in the, the original Xbox allowed this for the first time, and mm. it was it was a unique concept. It led on to things like Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, which was excellent yeah. and a much better yeah. execution of it. But the cat himself always had this badass. And this was what Microsoft were doing in the market. Did they he talk? He did. Yes. Hey, I'm Blinks. Um, but he, yeah, he ultimately become really, really, really annoying, and it was a shame because the game itself supported a much better character, but Microsoft didn't know what the hell they were doing mm. at this point. Yeah. So they made an amalgamation of about every single character ever. So did he ruin the game then, Tony? Because from the sounds of it, it's actually quite an interesting mechanic originally. It, it is an interesting mechanic. The character didn't do the game any favours, but it was mm. an interesting game, and it worked rather well. So he's like, the least like, loathsome of this bunch of kitties. Yeah. The, the thing to know about Blinks, it was you know Microsoft coming in here not really knowing what they were doing, and you just look at that cover art and you go, oh, Ugh. right. Mm. And th- I mean, mm. this was at a time... and. I mean, this this is maybe a tangent, but when a company felt that they needed a mascot yeah. and didn't really know what the Xbox was going to be, so obviously they had Halo playing over there, and they thought, well, you know, this is big and everyone seems to like it, but they didn't know that that was going to be their mascot. They were still chasing the idea of, well, you need this kid-friendly mascot because that's how the other manufacturers do it. But all the yeah. kids who were a little bit too old when Bubsy came out were well old when Blinks came out. <laughs> you know, it's... You've got to you'd be of a certain age to accept a little furry animal mascot, and then you kind of you get turned off it around about the age and, of twelve. And then the game mechanic. You, f- you feel like you're being marketed to. <laughs> to uh, kind of put off the the kid that we're going to be playing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it sits rather uneasily. So okay, are we chucking all the cats into the room? I just well, uh, sorry, I was going to say I just read the tagline or something about the game: battle pigs using time and garbage as your main weapons. Yeah. You can get a oh dear. Some. So they're promoting uh, recycling. Basically, take your shit that you don't want and chuck it at pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's made me want to play the game again. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I would argue uh, there's never been a successful cat. Keyboard cat. I'm not the least bit sorry to chuck this guy into the room. Okay, right. Anybody, anybody want to keep this whole bag of cats out? Nope. Nope. No. Cats are conniving. They work their way out of room 101. Sneaky bastards. I fire for Bubsy and oh no, Bubsy burned up on impact. Oh dear. Never going to see a Bubsy game again. Unfortunately, Big the Cat is somewhat tenacious. Like, he's like a clinker. He'll stick on Sonic's ass for well, quite some time. He can't fit through the hole that we're chucking yeah, down. Yeah, he won't go down there. <laughs> and what you first realise is Blinks will just rewind time and you, he'll throw you in the pit. Oh, my God. Right, let's move on quick before he does. Okay. You served. Right. <laughs> Ivy Valentine from Soul Calibur. 
Now, Mitch has never played Soul Calibur. I'm going to send him one picture. Okay. <laughs> this is what Ivy looks like. Now, it's not from the game. That's a piece of fan art, but... It's loading. What? Jesus Christ. Jesus. T-F-ing. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Imagine trying to control her in a fighting game. Wow. She looks like what? she can barely stand up. That's probably why she's bending down, because they're so big <laughs> that she can't... She can't Edulous does not describe them. <laughs> Everybody get oh, a good look Jesus. at that one? Right. What's the weapon? What's the weapon? Uh, tits or that chain? I don't... XAXA, <laughs> 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 right. do a double knocker barrel beat or something, I don't know. But Let me find a more sort of gamey picture to uh, to show you guys, because obviously that doesn't really sum her up for those who've not really played it much, and I can't find any. All I can find is deviant art. <laughs> just like Ivy lying on her back with her legs akimbo. Uh, this was in 1998 originally Soul Calibur came out. Soul, Soul Calibur. What time did what this, year did uh, the first Lara Croft come out? Uh, ninety six. Okay, so basically this is just trying to uh, sort of expand. Capitalize on the big tits. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, expand on them. One way. Yeah. She was actually a decent fighting character. I liked to play her within the game, but she right. was she was the typical well over the top female form. Yeah, I got another <laughs> dignified image for you there, guys. Leaving <laughs> <laughs> you in no doubt as to what Ivy is there to do. <laughs> right now, here's my reason for wanting to chuck Ivy in. Most of the characters in Soul Calibur, I mean, they're all right. I mean, I love Tacky, and uh, Sophia is a little bit wimpy, but you know, they're all pretty damn good fighters. And Ivy started out kind of okay, but has become, over the years, a grotesque tit monster. And she makes us look bad. She makes people who don't know anything about video games think that all video games are about this. Tits and a big sword and... She's not the least bit practically dressed for a fighting scenario. So, I mean, I I think she does the the industry harm, and everyone like her does as well. We, we don't need this. I think if we could maybe chuck her in there as a symbolic gesture to say, look, we're really we're ready to move on and out of adolescent fantasy. I mean, not not all the way, obviously. Just dabble in there occasionally. <laughs> time for it. Good time and <laughs> place, but just yeah. let, less. Night. Less. And I, this is when I wish that this was a visual show. Less of this. Just think of Ivy right now. Whatever position she's in, wherever her tits are, that's what she's doing. <laughs> So Disgusting. And the whole whole of Dead or Alive in there as well. Dead or Alive is positively dignified in comparison to <laughs> Ivy. It's not really misogynistic because it's sort of like goddess worship at the same time. She's this giant. Uh, it, she's almost like a fertility symbol, but at the same time, it just makes everyone seem like a little boy going ah na 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 na. So I mean, it makes us look bad. I don't hate her as a person. I just. If she turned up in Soul Calibur 5 and she was actually well-proportioned, I'd be like, oh, fair enough. And she's, you know, maybe put a little bit more clothes on. Not not all the way. You don't have to wear a chunky jumper. (laughs) (laughs) Chunky jumper. Anybody want to keep Ivy out of Room 101? Nope. I'm not not specifically putting Ivy in Room 101. I'm putting that type of character in my Yeah. Chick from X-Blades. But nobody knows what she looks like. The game didn't sell. No, I mean, Tony said about uh, Dead or Alive, but at least Dead or Alive was, was sort of deliberately being a bit silly about it but Ivy's just 
so over the top in comparison to the rest of the characters. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Dead or Alive just sort of reveled in that mm. with with all the characters, certainly all the female characters, but with with uh, Soul Soul Calibur, Soul Blade series. Um, it's it's a bloody good game, and you get a ridiculous tit monster wading in there. Yeah. It's just <laughs> I, will, I will say she's a good fighter. She actually does have a really cool sword, and that's got that kind of it splits into a flail. And then she's she's pretty graceful with it, and she she can she can handle herself. But I want to see her portrayed in slightly more, I want to say feminine way, because she just looks like a beast. <laughs> I, I think he, I think Matt summed it up perfectly. She's a tit monster. Tit monster. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> chugging the tit monster in, <laughs> out of the ring, <laughs> and into the pit of fire. Okay, now Navi. From 1998's Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time or Year 2000's Tingle from Majora's Mask. Oh, God. Um, Navi is... Oh, it's, it's such a, a nuisance. That's the best way to describe it. Hey! Listen! Everything, everything you do... Listen! Like, yeah, she's glowing, she's bleeping, she's shouting She at you. interrupts you. Yeah. You're, you're busy like, what, well, I'm going to go hunt for some rupees over here. And she's like, shouldn't you be looking at that mountain? I know I should. <laughs> Shut up! She should be someone you can select to say, Navi, where have I got to go next? When you need to know. She shouldn't be pestering you. And um, when you did ask Navi, she didn't offer anything good at all. Only the like, sort of like the last vague thing that she said before that. It was like, well, no, a bit more than that, Navi. Come on, a little bit more. She's like, no. You're like, oh, fuck you then. I'll just try and bimble around and hopefully bump away into, you know, wherever I need to go. Yeah, she was, she was awful. And, um, I'm glad to, uh, glad to hear that Nintendo are calming her down for the 3DS version, because, that would be a royal pain in the balls to hear all that again. Navi on yeah. Ritalin. Do you want to do you want to know <laughs> something? When I play uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, it'll be the first time that I've played it. Don't kill me. That's okay. We can't kill you. You're young, Midge. We don't hold that against you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to get decapitated then by a load of Zelda fans. <laughs> to, to defend her for us, to defend them for a second. Or no, no. Start with Navi. We'll move on to Tingle in a bit. Well, you know. Nintendo were experimenting with how to guide people through games. It was just like, mm. it was a new, I mean now we, we do it a lot better in kind of tutorial sections, our whole levels are tutorial sections and it's kind of a seamless experience. But th- this was them just saying, well if you get lost, little Navi might be able to tell you where to go. It doesn't help though that she was so irritating because as a one of the, an early first attempt, they kind of got it wrong. Uh, it wasn't, Where's the picture? I need a, a picture just to remind myself. Hold on. It's just, it's just a white blob with wings, isn't it? No, no blue blob. Such a character. <laughs> well, no, she, she was a character. She was pervasively... She was your only companion through that whole adventure. And I, I don't really like... I don't really dislike her, but she, she proved to be one of the most annoying things and one of the most consistently annoying things you couldn't get rid of for the whole game. And that's almost unforgivable. Yeah, Navi is on par with the um, the less than one heart noise in Zelda games. Minute, 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 minute. <laughs> Bet you don't want to die right now. Minute, minute, minute. <laughs> Shut up! It just added on the pressure. Do you know what I mean? You're like, well, don't yeah. die, don't I die. I turn off the sound like, when that happens. Fuck that. Yeah, man. mute that. And then Navi's like, hey, hey, you're low on health. Minute, nah. God, what's going on? Yeah. The, um, the problem is, I, I, I can't. I don't feel the need to throw him. It's not even her. It's Tingle. Her, yeah. Her. No, it's, uh, Navi's a girl. Okay, right, yeah. so... well, Tingle, let, on the other hand. Let's talk about Tingle, right. Yeah. Um, hang on. Let me show you a picture. Midge, you're going to have to describe this one for us. <laughs> okay. 
All I can say is I'm really looking forward to the 3DS version of uh, Ocarina of Time because then I can sort of really experience Navi. Yeah. Okay, right, let's have a look at it. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell <laughs> that? yeah, that's just wrong on so many levels. Describe, Midge. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> a, wait, wait, fat, wait, start. <laughs> a fat green hobgoblin with a bright red nose, so he's obviously got a cold. And it's not a hobgoblin, it's a bloke dressed as a hobgoblin. Mm. It's a fat alcoholic in Lycra. Yeah, it's, it's like he's in a, a bright green jumpsuit. <laughs> I've got the real life version of him here, hold on. It he's looks got... like... No, it looks like he, he, sn- no. he snorted something and then decided to go to a rave. He's like, hey, everyone, <laughs> join in with me. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot, a lot fatter and a lot sweatier than that. To explain, Tingle is just a regular bloke who lives in Link's universe, um, but he wants to be a fairy. He really, really wants to be a fairy. So he dresses in green and he's like, oh, and um, he sort of, you know, helps you out and... Kind of. And uh, I think he turns up... He's probably a bit more helpful in Wind Waker, isn't he, Tony? Yeah, uh, but even in that, he's Tingle. <laughs> he's yeah. just a ridiculous this embarrassing homosexual stereotype of this mincing fairy. <laughs> so, yeah. You make us think that you are that thick when you write characters like that. He's got he, a mole and a goatee. Look at it. Just I can't stop looking at the mole and the goatee and the time little the little clock round his neck and the, the red pants and the oh. He's even got his own game, didn't he? Yeah, Tingle's balloon adventure. Right, this one's from Roy. I think only Tingle should go in, not Navi. While I personally don't see it, the consensus is that Navi is an annoying fuckball. Navi isn't really lame though. <laughs> Now, Tingle, he's a goddamn man-child dressed like a fairy. He could almost sound interesting, too. A guy whose midlife crisis involves flying around the world in a personal balloon system and selling maps. Now, to be honest, his reincarnation in Wind Waker actually seems a little badass. But he's just so pathetic, no matter which game is setting him up. He hardly serves a purpose whatsoever to the plot in the games anyway. In Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, any others he's in, he basically is a minor obstacle that says, I can give you a map to keep going, now give me money. In any generic tone you wish, he has no business being a dude that desperately wants his fantasy of being a fairy to be true. Just replace him with a talking dog and his role is fulfilled to an equal, if not superior, extent. That is such a good argument. Hmm. Well done, Roy. <laughs> a spot on that is. If, if, I mean, if you're going to give it us this mentalist who wants to be a fairy, but then not do anything with it, that makes him a completely lame character. He's just this, annoying and disconcerting. This is a Nintendo character. <laughs> what <laughs> happened along the development <laughs> process that they decided this man? Very much marijuana, I believe. <laughs> so I'm all for Tingle out of these two. Because I think at Navi, I sometimes yeah. felt like, you know what? There's a mountain of fire over there. Everyone in this world is dead, and it's all because of me. You're my only friend, Navi. Even if she was annoying, I kind of, you know, felt, felt more for her. But Tingle. From the little I've played of Majora's Mask was a complete twat. I just uh, clicked on that link and he got his own game? Yeah, the fresh yeah. Are Tingles, you... Rosie Tingles Balloon Fight. No, he, he had a proper he had a proper solely yeah. you know, controlled game on RPG bit, uh, type thing. Rosie Rupee Land. Yeah, I played Jesus a bit of it. Jesus Christ. Christ on a bike. I remember <laughs> I remember buying a ghetto blaster for a big black man 
to get past into the cave, and I was like, off, I'm not playing that anymore. That was horrible, that bit. And, a uh, yeah. ghetto blaster for a big black mouth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, he represents, then, uh, uh, the Japanese developers, uh, you know, some of whom are Nintendo, some of whom are Capcom's, total cultural insecurity. They don't know how to portray minorities in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're like, right, gay will make him really fucking gay. <laughs> black will make him really fucking black. And, like, the worst kind of stereotypes. So, uh, yeah, get rid almost, of it. It's almost like they were mucking around the drawing board one night, like, on a Friday, and then a totally different team coming on the Monday went, whoa, yeah, let's use this. And then it was like, you know, he was in. And before they knew it, they couldn't do anything about it, and he was, he was stuck in a Zelda game. And, and then was... he fell into Room 101. Yep. Oh. Right, he's in. Bye. Bye, Tingle. No one's going <laughs> to care about you. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about you. Right. <laughs> 1996. Jigglypuff from Pokemon Red and Blue. Now, I started off putting Pikachu up there, but then realized that I quite like Pikachu. I know he's like the face of Pokemon, but he is a, he is a good Pokemon to have yeah. by your side if, if you need oh, yeah. If you need a Pokemon Pokedex. Uh, but Jigglypuff, everybody hates. I quite like Jigglypuff. I quite like Jigglypuff. Right. I, I think there's worse characters in um in Pokemon. Oh yeah. Did to put in Room One Hundred and One. Who? Zubat. Magic up. Uh, Chauncey, uh, basically an egg that was a nurse. Uh, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> Chauncey. Yeah, it just went Chauncey, and that's all it did. Oh, brilliant. Um, oh, God, there's so many Pokemon that are worse more than um, Psyduck. It was just a, um, a weird duck that went. No, I like Psyduck because there was a Twisted Toy Fair Theatre, which is kind of like a comic version of Robot Chicken, where Psyduck went up against Charles Xavier, who was out of his chair, and it was like it was a battle of wills, and it was like it took place on the psychic plane, and eventually Xavier just went fuck it and drop kicked Psyduck, and that was all. <laughs> he went it's a duck with a migraine. It's just mental. He's like, like a walking psychic platypus. No, no, wait, he's not going to room 101. <laughs> oh. be, have you seen the picture of Jigglypuff I've put up? It's a bit like Kirby. Oh. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mincing Kirby, really. But um, he or she, you never really know what it is. It has <laughs> it's the best move in Super Smash Bros. Brawl and Melee. It's if you press up and B uh, at the right time, at the right moment, she, she or it will fall asleep. And if you get caught by this sleep, you get ejected out of the level. No matter what health you're on, no matter what state you're in, you're gone. And uh, the best players in Smash Brothers can do that every time, and you are, you know, dead. <laughs> I, I, Sounds I, pretty I, badass. Wasn't the only move that Jigglypuff could do was literally put people to sleep? Well, she had a, it had punches and kicks, but and uh, a spin. If you held down the B button, she'd spin, or it would spin really fast. And if you get caught by that, it was quite devastating. But the sleep move was if three of guys were jumping on Jigglypuff, send them all to sleep, and then just mop everyone up and kick them out. But yeah. what are you I'm, talking about? I mean, Smash actually, like <laughs> in Pokemon, not in Smash Brothers. In Pokemon, I think the only move you could learn was sleep. yeah, was sleep. And then you had to. It was like whatever percent chance that they would fall asleep and then you had to switch out to a different Pokemon to attack and by the time that happened the other Pokemon would be awake. What about Farfetch, that little bird that just strutted around with a little stick, stick on his shoulder just going Farfetch'd Farfetch'd Oh you know what, I- I'm just going to say Jigglypuff represents every crappy Pokemon that you never <laughs> yeah. do. What about Eevee? Yep. I mean, like I said, we've got to chuck one of them in so may as well be fucking Jigglypuff, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't represent the cool Pokemons, but he does represent the crap ones. So, anybody want to keep Jigglypuff out? No. Nope. Bye, no. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff.
way. <laughs> this is going to divide the group. Oh, here you go. 2001. Raiden. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Right, before we start, I've got some testimonials here which may formulate our arguments. From Darth Cuddles, Raiden should not be put into Room 101. Metal Gear Solid 2 was where I started my love for Metal Gear Solid. Yes, he was girly, and most people hated him, but in Metal Gear Solid 4, he was a badass. Even with no arms and legs. <laughs> no, <laughs> even with no arms, he managed to kick Gecko ass. Yeah. Psycho Dunk. Raiden has some chance of redemption with Metal Gear Rising. He may already have redeemed it in Metal Gear Solid 4, but I wouldn't know. No PS3 to play Metal Gear Solid 4 on. But I can utterly understand why he's on the list. He Dexter Fletchered MGS2. Uh, That's a new verb now. It it means switching out uh, what worked before with some twat. Uh, (laughs) Combine. There's a... The Arbiter almost ended up on this list, but he redeemed himself by Halo 3. You care about him more. Plus, he's Keith motherfucking David. Nobody puts Keith in the corner. Uh, (laughs) This one from Combine. I have to say, for me, it wasn't Raiden who was annoying in Metal Gear Solid 2. It was the Rose, his girlfriend. Do you remember what today is? Do you remember what day it is today? I'm on a mission. Is this really the right time? Zero signal. Lump me in with all those who think Raiden doesn't deserve to be on the list. I still liked him in Sons of Liberty, but even if you didn't, he made up for it tenfold in Guns of the Patriots. So, I mean, pretty much everyone's saying no to no to the Raiden banishment. Raiden's <laughs> super creepy in, in Metal Gear Solid 4. He's got like a skeleton jaw... And I know he's got no arms and legs, but I could never really relate to him. He just looked like a wraith. Yeah, he stopped the ship crashing into Snake. And he literally grabbed it and stopped it and then broke all his arms. <laughs> it broke him to... He broke his shit. Yes. But, he, you know, he was fighting with, like, a, a sword on his foot. Hmm. Well, yeah, he's like, messed up. I mean, to throw him in, he's seriously messed up as a character. And, you know... I'm afraid that if I threw him in, he'd jump straight back out and kill me. But to, to understand him, you have to understand where Kojima was. You know, two, it was a huge joke. I mean, as, as much as we could hate it, it was just a huge joke. No one was laughing, Kojima. No, and they weren't. But it, I kind of, I kind of applaud him for having such balls to turn, you know, such a franchise kind of on its head. And but he did come back in four, and he and he kicked some ass. And I'm looking forward to Raiden. Um, Raiden. The the Xbox 360 game and Play, PlayStation 3 game. Raiden. Mm. Uh, that's going to be cool. Anybody? I mean, is these, uh, uh, it's pretty much unanimous. We've got to leave him out, isn't it? Yeah. He redeemed himself. Oh, yeah, it's yes. cool. Okay. Oh, right, Biden escapes the flames, but again, mainly because I'm scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd say that about Ryden. Okay, 2005, Ashley Graham from Resident Evil 4. Now, Midge has not played Resident Evil 4, despite how much you talk about how much you bum Wesker. This yeah. is the character that, from the series, it would appear is the most annoying. Possibly because she's one of the only ones you've got to look after who really can't defend herself. I mean, you could think of Sherry, and then there's... Um, uh, Sheva. No, because Sheva's got a gun. There's, yeah. there's, yeah, um, Sheva can look after there's stuff, bits so. in Resident Evil 2 we've got to look after Sherry, there's bits we've got to look after Ada, but in Resident Evil 4 there's huge swathes of the game where you've got to look after Ashley, and she's rubbish. Oh. She gets dragged away, Leon, help me, save me, and she can't defend herself, and she's not very clever, and she, she gets into scrapes too much, so you just find yourself resenting her, which is one of the only annoying parts of what is otherwise an absolutely superb game. So, I mean... Anyone who has played Resi 4, do you remember, Ashley? Yes. Uh, just, yeah, like a horrible sort of... Well, looking after 
Ashley was just a pain in the ass, and uh, yeah, every time she got picked up by the um the dudes, I forgot what they called him. We spoke about it last week. Or two. That's the one. Yeah, he's just Skin. like oh. Again, she's been picked up, carried on a shawl. Right. There was I've a, got a whole picture area for you, dedicated yeah. to it. Got a picture for you here. Uh, it's uh, Leon Kennedy looking all badass with his curtains hair and his brown leather jacket and a gun. And Ashley's behind him with a slun sweater over her shoulders. Put the sweater on! For God's sake, put the sweater on! And um, she's, she's just like wearing a short skirt so that you can leer up her skirt when you're running around the place. And she's all sort of, Leon, help me! She's the president's daughter and she sucks. Damsel in distress. Worse than Barry Burton, who saved you repeatedly. Worse than Wesker, who's like a, an agent. But she's the tension. But Wesker is amazing. Sorry. She's sorry, Tony. Is the tension? Yeah, she's the tension of the game. You know, she's meant to be the, the foil for you to kind of have to come back and make sure that you put her in a box, just so she can sit there, so she can deal with the environment around you. She's the the piece that makes some of those set pieces so mm. a lot more frightening. I would say yes, but Yorda in Eco, which I believe came out either the same year or almost exactly the same time, is mm-hmm. does the same job but so much better. You care about Yorda, you don't really care about Ashley. You know, you, the, the whole point should be that they give you a character that you want to survive, not just a noise like, oh, for God's sake, woman, you can't move faster than that. I am right in thinking that you could put her in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick her in one of the trunks and then come back yeah, for her at a later like, date. Don't stand in there. Just stand in the box. I'll kill everything and I'll let you know when everything's... I don't know what it is, but I always look at that image. That, I mean, it's quite a famous image from Resident Evil 4, and I always think of Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Just maybe something about the tone and the colours on it, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, ultimately... Maria in that had the same but see Maria was such a great character mm. she was so complex and you didn't even know what she was I, I saw Inception today and it seems like I have seen it before but it really seems like Christopher Nolan has been playing some Silent Hill 2 because of the way Mole is portrayed in that film yeah anyway we're getting off track here Ashley <laughs> I just thinking about good characters just really highlights for me how utterly whelp-like Ashley was. I mean, she's not the worst character in the world, but of the series, I, I can't think of a... I mean, Tony, if, you, if, you, if you're arguing in favour of Ashley Graham, you have to chuck another character from Resident Evil in instead, in this case. Barry Burton. Barry Burton. Barry. You were almost a Jill sandwich. Oh, Major, when you're the, the Resi fan. Uh, mm, Could mm. you bear to part with any of them? Someone said Sheva, but when Sheva's controlled by another person, she's just as good as Chris. But yeah, yeah, I agree that. Um, when she's not, though. Ugh. Also, you said that Ashley. Don't look bad as Ashley. Yeah, you said Ashley couldn't defend herself, so nope. obviously she's. Imagine doing the whole of Resi 5, only rather than shooting people with you, Sheva's just going, Chris, help me! Oh, no! I don't, I don't, I don't even think that I would have gone through the game. <laughs> well, I would have, but I wouldn't have sat there and repeatedly gone through it to get the 1,000 gamer score, but. God. But yeah. Uh, gamer score in Resi 4. I haven't really played Resident Evil, so... Oh, my God. Nothing to say. <laughs> Wesker is the best character ever. <laughs> I Midge bombed Wesker. Wesker. Well, you know what? I think <laughs> anybody uh, against Ashley Graham going into, res- uh, into the pit in Room 101. No. Of course, Leon will just get her out of it, but, you know, <laughs> try our best. Like, from what you said, she sounds lame enough that she needs to go in, to be honest. Yeah, she's from, already annoyed. Uh, she just, she's like a little girl... <laughs> and it's, it, it makes, like, teenage boys who play Resi 4 think that girls are all like that, which is well, a 
that or Ivy, which is the worst possible of two extremes. <laughs> witch or or like Binty McBint. She is an escort mission. Yeah, are always bad. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm sure Sheva, you could eventually use you know co-op with her. So you could actually make her into a good character, but her herself, you play that game on any any difficulty above normal, and she yeah. is utterly useless. Yeah, she's worse than useless. She's a liability. So yeah, I, I'm happy to throw all kind of characters like that that you have yeah. to guide them through the environment. Something like the that, worst kind Eisen as well. Jesus Christ, the worst kind of the ones in World of Warcraft. You just you're walking along, everything's all right, but then you see some enemies in the distance, and then they go running after them, and it's like, stay where you are, and they get killed, and you're like, oh, I've got to do it all well, again. Worse than that, really? you're, you're on the most important mission of anybody ever. The world is at, at stake, and they have the inability to run. They yeah, walk you can't just like kick them forwards and get. Uh, I was going to walk in the set route. Like right. That. So Ashley Graham's gone in. Um, 2006, we mees, and I put in brackets all of them. <laughs> Surely, if Wii Mees are going in, doesn't that like represent everyone who plays a Wii? Because they're just like the faces of your family, you know, yourself, and <laughs> so you know, if we put Wii Mees in, surely we're all going in. It's and, it's uh, not the people behind them; it's the the fact that they're representing you in such an awful, horrible, twee little, made of little tiny, colourful shapes, <laughs> little egg head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll defend them then. And Go no for argument. it. Like our, not everything has to be for us. Not everything has to be for the hardcore game. <laughs> what Nintendo did at that time, they decided to look at what demographic they were going to be looking at. You know, who was the word demographic? Yeah, but you know, the Wii Mees, I, I, sure, I think the avatars, the 360 avatars, have done a better job. Oh, way um, better. You know, there's a, there's a few years online. They've got hands this. rather than balls. Uh, PlayStation, <laughs> you, could, you could argue they're, they're weird freaks of nature because they're a bit too realistic. That's a PlayStation version? Well, the home stuff. No, I've forgotten that. You can't ah. remind me. It's not going back in. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have chucked that into Room 101 long ago. <laughs> I, I like Weemies. I think they're, they're, they're a symbol of kind of bringing you know, parents and kids all in, in the same thing. It's like, oh, look, cool, there's me on the screen. And when you're playing in, say, Wii Sports and they're all in the background and... Even better if you go onto the Me Wii channel and download Adolf Hitler, and suddenly he's playing. Everyone's got a Hitler, me. <laughs> everyone's got a Hitler, and everyone's got a, uh, mm. a Michael Jackson and Ali sure G. They... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's an awesome uh, Dwight Harry from Harry. The Office right here. Hang on. So, so for as kind of SD and bland as they are, I think that they they did serve a purpose, and they've mm. spawned kind of better things down the line. So I don't, I you know, I everyone's got a, a Wii Me. When I went to the oh, 3DS event in London, uh, the, got the 3D- nobody, I mean, not everybody loves them. <laughs> the 3DS allows you to take a picture of yourself and therefore create a me out of that. And uh, I took a picture of myself, and the, the, the Wii me or the DS me that it made was a, a big headed, ugly looking geek. And I think that's just totally against, <laughs> uh, against the way I look, and I'm oh, totally offended. Yeah, you just reminded me, thank you. The reason I hate Wii me's is actually Wii Fit. They take my me which I don't think looks like me much at all, and then I weigh myself, and then they inflate your me, and <laughs> they give him a great big pot belly and make him slouch, and they go, you fat, work harder! And I just, I, that felt like I'd been violated. Oh, Christ. And they, the way they toddle and the way their little legs kick. So, as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing anybody can say that will keep these things out of Room 101. So, anybody want to vote uh, with Tony in favour of keeping them out? 
No. You can pick them up with the controller. Ugh, and their little legs. And I just want to smash them against a wall until they stop kicking. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> look at it. Look how good he looks. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I love the Wii Mees. Keep them in. I mean, keep them out. <laughs> <laughs> Two pro, one anti. Matt and James. For that photo alone. Uh, no! It <laughs> just sort of opened... I, you could do the right. same with an Xbox avatar, you fool! <laughs> but it's called Ron Jeremy! Oh, it's God. brilliant! It's a pun! <laughs> no puns! Puns go into Ron 101. Keep them out. Oh, despite the, the genius of that Ron Jeremy, um, no, they're, they're rubbish. They're absolutely pointless. Oh, Thank you! Two. Free against you can make a much thing. better Ron Jeremy avatar. So okay, no, no, hang on, hang on. Throw him in. Midge is a little bit scared and a coward, and we can bully him into coming <laughs> up to our side. Midge, <laughs> I'll never talk to you again unless you say you hate me. Yeah, but then Des will never talk to him again, and the podcast over with. Oh damn! Ooh. Yeah, and oh. I'll never talk to him. Okay, what if we rip <laughs> rip the Mies in half and throw half into him 101? Yeah, can we compromise? Well, okay, go. You can keep the Wii Mies that are on the, the actual Wii itself, you know, without the legs and the arms, but you can throw the ones that are in Wii Bowling that have no legs and just sort of bobble around like a Weeble. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> about that. that is pretty fucked up. Yeah. They, they have no arms or, you know. How draw. can you bowl without arms and legs? Yeah, can you walk? They <laughs> they represent to me lazy Nintendo, going, look, everything's little, cute, little, cute, cute, little, little, but then, simplified. But then again, I love Rayman, and he doesn't really have attachable arms and legs as well. I know, but he actually looks really kind of cool. He's got, he's, he's all shiny and rendered and... That's uh, cool. I, I just... The fact that Wiimies turned up so much in so many Nintendo games because that just became the thing. And they look rubbish compared to your avatars. I know that we wouldn't have the avatars without the Wiimies, but we're not throwing away their influence. Just, I never want to see them again. Cheers. You get to see I, them 3D soon. I mean, you know, Ashley Graham gave away to Chevrolet, which is good. So, it, ultimately, we're not throwing away the fact that they've actually led to some good. But, sick of them. <laughs> well, I would, just, I would say the argument to throw them in would be that I, when Home released and they had the weird freak people from Home, <laughs> at that time I was like, nope, they've got it spot on. We didn't need weird freak people. You know, didn't need the realistic look. We needed these kind of cartoony people. Mm-hmm. And then Microsoft done the, the 360 avatars, which was a perfect halfway house between the two. And kind of embarrassed them. So I don't really want them to see them going, but I, I think their time has come. And uh, Nintendo know that they need to update these things better than what they've done already. Okay, yeah, so. actually, you know what? If we could chuck these in here, that still leaves Nintendo open to do an updated Wii Me. The current Wii Mees will come yeah, in. Yeah, just chuck in the Wii Mees as they are now. Because, I mean, I'm still pro me. <laughs> I love the meat. always are. You know, this, I'd say this is enough of a hung jury that I'm going to have to leave me's out. Much as it kills me, that the amount of of of, uh, of we love out there, everyone who's going, oh, you hate the we, you hate the we. You know what? If the general consensus wins on this one. We'll let them stay. Fuckers. But Nintendo better do a better job next time when they go for their console that's as powerful as the 360. 2008, Seth from Street Fighter 4. Now, I was going to stick in M. Bison, but Seth... Is even worse. 
And I was going to stick in a whole bunch of uh, villain bosses from the Versus series, like uh, Onslaught from Marvel vs. Capcom and uh, Abyss from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Just these god-awful, horrible, horrible, like, cheating, screen-filling fuckers. From the sounds of it, Galactus is even worse. In yeah, Galactus is, because um, I didn't play Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or 2, but I have uh, bought Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and I loved it. And then I got to Galactus, and I was just like... Oh, that's great. Um, a massive boss, which uh, I can't dodge any of his moves unless I have Chun-Li, Ryu, or Sentinel, mm. so I can jump up to the top of the screen and avoid them. Mm. So if I want to complete it with any other character, I basically just die. Yeah. That, that, see, that's horrible. And Seth was possibly not as bad, because at least he takes the size and form of a human, but he just... He does these moves where he, he sucks you into his belt, swirls you around, then fires you at the screen, which is demeaning as well as depressingly cheating fuckerish of him. And it's, he looks like Dr. Manhattan, which is always bad. <laughs> and the, the only thing he spares us is the sight of his wang, which I, re- I, I don't think I'd be able to concentrate if it was flapping about. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another distraction. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it grows in size and strangles you. Um, and then... <laughs> So, I mean, but the problem with Seth is that Street Fighter 4 came out, and for a lot of people, they picked up the game, and they were, oh, this is really good. And then they get, and all the way along the game, you're like, I, I can actually do Street Fighter, it's great. And then you get to the last boss, and he fucks you over repeatedly, and you're like, oh. The difficulty spikes so high and so suddenly for no reason whatsoever, and it ruined it. I seem to remember Black Wolf said he hated it so much that he stopped playing. So he was the reason that Street Fighter 4 wasn't more pervasive. Fuck him. I couldn't even play Street Fighter 4, like, n- not because of Seth, because I never got to the last boss, because I'm just so bad at fighting games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite cool that he's named after um, an Evo player who's really good, apparently, mm. called Seth. But, you know, otherwise, he's a, he's a cheating, horrible final character boss thing. And, yeah. yeah, I remember just screaming at the TV, like, you were blocking as much as you could, but he would just do that sort of washing machine move, like, it's sucking yeah. into his washing machine and spit you out like you're... Yeah, you can pound the shit out of him, he'll block everything, and then yeah. he'll just nudge you, and you can block as much as you want, but it will get you every time. He's like Jin Patchy from Tekken 5. Yeah, basically he has a cannon in his cock, and he just... <laughs> fires it at you repeatedly or repeatedly over fire and fire and then you get in and you beat the shit out of him and he blocks all the time it's, it's pathetic and he represents everything about lazy end bosses and these these i mean they're coin thieves they're just you know oh you want to finish this game give us some more quarters it's no relevance on a modern day console no yeah it's, it's bad they should have changed his difficulty curve when they, they upgraded it from arcade to uh the home systems yeah amazing you know yeah, the sooner he gets in there, the better, to be honest. Anybody pro Seth? Nope. <laughs> in I've you ne- go, I've you never fought Seth, but all I've ever heard is people bitching and moaning about Seth. So sucks. Any any character that that just becomes stupidly difficult, any, anything that involves that that kind of difficulty spike, pisses me off. So yeah, any fighting game ever. Right. Any any kind of any difficulty spike, but particularly in a fighting game, because you just get stuck in the hang. And also anything that copies. What you do just pisses me off because it's a Throw cheap... the guy from Uncharted 2 in there. So yeah, Seth, you're dead. Right, <laughs> 2008, the producer from You're in the Movies. Now, nobody played this, and I can't show you anything. <laughs> I did. Did you never I see did. him? I did. <laughs> uh, but he is this grotesque Jewish stereotype producer. I mean, I, I'm going to have to play some... This is what he sounds like. Okay, wise guy. You think you're tough? 
walk the mean streets of the city and whack those gangsters. Action! Start walking! You let him go! That's bad for business! You're busting my boards! You whacked him! You're busting my boards here! Don't hit the dames! Dance to the music and match each pose. When the music stops, get into the outline and remember, hold still while you're posing. Action! I can tell you eat your spin. Wow! You hit it so hard, you make Hey, gang! I wouldn't want to mess with you! What a crushing blow! And they'd be like, oh, Christ. And he'd make what was otherwise an unpleasant game a nightmare. You turned him off. That's what you should have <laughs> but Could, could you do that? Against. You could, yes. Oh. But either way, I mean, it, it wasn't a good game to begin with. It was actually pretty damn terrible. It was one of the worst yeah, games ever. But he made it one of the worst things ever. Well, it goes along with um, oh, TV superstars on the PlayStation Move. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Just completely over the top. Stereotypical. How about the host from One Versus One Hundred, the one that didn't speak? Well, that would just be silent, Midge. Yeah, I'll <laughs> play a sample of that, Midge, now. <laughs> see how annoying that is. <laughs> Thanks, wow. Midge. That is annoying. I agree. Yeah. You can see his lips move, but there's never any dialogue. Is that any doubt that the producer needs to go in? I mean, it. Uh, just to represent the fact that we don't want to hear this anymore. We don't want people to just... Well, it's, it's the idea of you need to be entertained during the, the, like the scenes between me showing you a film clip and the next scene. It's not you entertaining. Need, exactly. You need, I'm going to do this wacky character because that wouldn't be funny if you played the game more than once. It wasn't really funny the first time either. Yeah. If you play any of these games more... First time it was just funny because oh. of how bad it was. Subsequent times it was just torture. Exactly. Pulling teeth. So, anyone pro-producer? No. Stop playing no. my games like that. Bye-bye. Okay. 2009. Rico Velasquez from Killzone 2. Now, again, we're getting to the point where it's not what these characters look like, it's what they sound like and what they say. Rico Velasquez is just this sort of, you know... I don't know, is he Hispanic? With a name like Velasquez, you'd imagine. But he just... He's so coarse and unpleasant to be around. He's like, yo, motherfucker over here, shoot that bitch. <laughs> and it's like, I think I played this in relatively quick succession with uh, 50 Cent, Blood in the Sand, so I was very tired of this kind of behavior. <laughs> People were going, yo, motherfucker, shoot that. It's like, oh, Christ, stop being so rude and horrible to me. <laughs> I just wanted to have some solidarity with my guys and just be like, you know, man, I don't know if we're going to get through this. I got your back. And that kind of bromance from uh, from Gears of War, I mean, that I, mm. I, I'm, I'm all down with, but Killzone 2 was just plain unpleasant. Yeah, he sounds like the worst friend ever to be in like, yeah. a war situation with. He's just... You wanted him to die, but again, you just have to keep resurrecting him with your paddles. <laughs> he just swears at you for uh, the whole 12 hours you're playing that game. You're like, oh, just shut up, man. Just, just, <laughs> just keep it shut, all right? You know, you need to swear every Fuck time. you, bitch. Pick up that power-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. I haven't got much to say about him, otherwise, than, you know, his, his profanity and his... Yeah, fuck you! So what, so, so <laughs> fuck why off. different from someone like Coltrane? See, Coltrane was a horrible stereotype, but it was... 
I mean, I've actually got him on the list as well, for, uh, along with Barrett, for like, these awful stereotyped angry black man characters. <laughs> but at least they weren't outwardly constantly offensive and seemed to have personal a personal problem with you. If anybody talked to me the way uh, Rico does for more than a few minutes, I would say, like, what the fuck is the problem right here? <laughs> Seriously, get off my ass. Yeah, he, he doesn't sound like a pleasant person to... Yeah. Unfortunately, Toast or whatever his name is doesn't sort it doesn't sort it out. He just spends the entire time eye level with Rico's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's nothing else to say, is there? Really, just chuck him in. Oh. He's, he's horrible. He goes for any character in a game who just makes you feel unpleasant. Oh Christ, do you have to be that miserable and aggressive with each other? It's like now, nah, if we don't do this, the kids won't listen. <laughs> That's how they talk. But yeah, so you're wandering around factories all the time. You just you want him to be cracking jokes, really. You want to be walking around with Nathan Drake. Multiplayer's good though. Yeah. No Rico. <laughs> right, so I suppose yeah, Rico's going in. Fuck him. Yeah. Easy choice. Easy choice. Now, bearing in mind I haven't played uh, Killzone Three, maybe he starts it with a long soliloquy about the isolation of war. <laughs> but if he doesn't, then he's staying in room 101. Okay. <laughs> This is from Combine on Rico. Rico represents all the worst aspects of the male sex exaggerated to a disgusting level. By some miracle of science, I believe Rico is the first person to have two Y chromosomes, foregoing that much-needed X altogether. Every sentence that stews forth from his gaping, putrid orifice that polite people will call his mouth is so insultingly vulgar, immature and stupid that every time I hear him speak, I'm tempted to rip my own ears off. Hoping that the headline, The Game That Removes Ears, that would surely appear in the Daily Mail the next day, would somehow push the developers into removing the character in the next game. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's got away with words, any old combine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. what, a great, what a great paragraph that is. Hope Estime Hope from Final Fantasy XIII. This is from JMCI. Speaking of having a way with words, fuck that kid. Persona 3 has teens shooting themselves in the head with guns on a constant basis, and it's less depressing than this character. <laughs> now, Tony, didn't you quite like Hope? Well, because if anyone who comes to the end of the game, they know he kind of redeems himself at the back back half, but he is a uh-huh. whiny bitch of a character for That's a long, long way to go. Eighty five percent in that game. <sighs> Just because he comes good at the end doesn't mean that you don't hate every. Single is that the end before all the extra content is unlocked, or uh, the, the the world, or is it like? Uh, yeah, once you get to, oh, I can't remember that that the open plane. How many hours? A hundred hours. What's well, like everything in Final Fantasy? It gets good at fifty hours. Oh God! I mean, even Vanille's uh, better than Hope. See, Vanille was hot <laughs> in the teenage way. <laughs> I should be sent to jail. Right, Psycho Dunk. Fuck yes. Say what you will about tedious, but at least you believe you c- he could hold his own against enemies he faced. Mates with Auron. His dad's a badass. Premier athlete in his own right. Van and Penella were orphans, but growing up in an orphanage, you best you best believe they knew how to take care of themselves. So when they started rampaging, it was believable. Hope and Vanille were citizens running from the onslaught. When their homeland was being attacked and other people were getting their asses kicked, did they stand up and be counted? No, they ran. And they thought it was a good laugh to bugger off after snow and soon thereafter they had suddenly developed fighting skills which led them to shove enemies' heads through their own taints. From premium panty waist to Koga ninjas in the space of an editing... Well, Koga ninjas. In the space of an effing cutscene. Fucking ridiculous. The JRPG has lost its way and these two are the products of that journey. 
Yeah, he does look like everything that I despise about the JRPG. You know, just every, I just I never seen him looks before like until I could, yeah, I just googled it now. It looks like, like. <laughs> if, look, it could it could be in any Final Fantasy game, uh, and every time I Google Final Fantasy, that's the kind of image that pops up, and I just think but that's why I'm never playing RPGs. At like the this. end of the day, yep. he stands up and becomes a man. He isn't the boy that you once knew when you started 50 hours previously. Without any spoilers, can you give us some sort of shedding light? Because this is the thing that stops him going into Room 101, Tony. Get, he becomes a man. How? What, without spoilers? Yeah. It's got to be a way. It's especially for me, because I just couldn't sit through the grinding of that game, because it was so... Uh, oh, gee, I mean, I'm, I'm not all for keeping him out of Room 1. I'm, I'm just trying to give you that he, he does come good in the end. But the, the problem is, you could throw pretty much every character from that game in there in in some way because they did just fall I like Snow but he is a bit of a fist pumper yeah but see he annoyed me more with his fist, pump, fist pumping he, he doesn't actually really he doesn't have the transformation as Hope does well what about Fang she was cool Fang is cool she's got that sexy accent I love her and she's got that awesome dress and a spear oh. she is probably the best character Fang is in that game she a badass I always, I always had to have her in my team. I also really like Lightning. I mean, I know she's broody and moody all the time, but she, she looks like she could just, you know, she could take care of herself. So you, you guys need to get to the end of that game because a lot of these characters really change time they get to, you know. You know, I almost managed to pick up the game for a fiver the other day. Uh, it was available from Game Station on. Uh, by the time I finally ended my credit card details, they'd sold out. See, Fang isn't quite the woman you think she is. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what about Hope? Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go play that after we finish recording. <laughs> you know what? Okay, but here you go. I stopped playing principally because Hope and Vanille were annoying me too much. But mainly well, Hope. I think... Um, I just didn't care anymore. I'm trying to defend him a little bit. He is, like, all emo and depressing, and Vanille can get quite annoying, but she is the um, counterpart to him. Like, she's all upbeat and happy and stuff. So but she's too upbeat. Well, yeah, two balanced characters would have been much better. No, that's not enough of a reason. That's like saying, I know Satan's bad, but God's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> balance. So much at the end. Balance, for God's sake. Right. Okay, alright. So, just when it comes down to it, vote. I'm saying in. Get rid of the bastard. Anyone else? In. Two. Just from, what I, from what I've seen at the moment, in. Three. Tony, you're out. I wanted Matt. To, to uh, I'm same as Midge. From what I've seen, in. Well, then, in. Totally in. You're, Tony, the only person who's completed the game and the only person who has the inner wisdom regarding hope. So what you're trying to say is you're throwing all hope down the room on a Yeah. <laughs> there, there <laughs> there I hope. would want to continue playing Final Fantasy. Hope itself will be lost. Seriously, <laughs> uh, he made me stop playing Final Fantasy. That's that's a crime. Right, so get the joke in a second. All hope will be lost. Wait, no, I get it. Oh, that's a good one. Thriving. However. If I finish Final Fantasy XIII and he does redeem himself, I will personally journey to Room 101 and bring him out. Same. That's a big fucking if. Yeah. Can I get you a drink, then? A Bailey's, please. Take a seat. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. (laughs) 
Oh, this is a comfy sofa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ole, I'll get the drinks. Ah! I see who your drink is. Lynn, these are sex people. What do you mean? They're sex swappers! Lynn, this is Defcon 1. Look! Look! Uh. Don't make the same noise as them! <laughs> I don't think you want to join in! I'll pause it. God, I've hit fast forward. Looks like a sort of hardcore Benny Hill. <laughs> that, that, that's the kitchen work surface I was telling you about. Lynn, Lynn, you Baileys. Uh, no thanks. I don't want to be part of your sex festival. Sex festival? <laughs> um, can I be very rude? Not like that. Try me. Yeah, no, no, come on, pack it in, mate. I don't want to have sex with your wife. I mean, even though from the promotional video, I can see that I, I, I would have a... A ruddy good time. A little hug. A quick one. Don't rub your fanny on me. And finally, the battle for Duke. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now I'm going to read all of the arguments for him first, because there are none against. And then you guys make your closing statements on Duke, and we shall decide. You've all heard what I have to say about him. Oh, yes. It's from Motley Garner. The best thing about Duke is the voice acting. To me, Duke is about killing alien scum by stomping, shooting, kicking, shrinking, freezing, expanding, and plain old blowing them up. And then add a hologram, jetpack, laser trip mines. And the best way to kill people was by throwing pipe bombs through teleporters and detonating them on the other side. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think of Duke 64 is the amount of fun hours I had in the multiplayer, killing Duke bots with one of my best friends, who is now unfortunately lost in a drug-dependent hell, and I haven't seen in a few years. I was supposed to read this in an Australian accent. You can throw Duke into room 101, but you'll never take away my memories. Throw the in the crying baby Gorn from Majora's Mask. What a little bastard that thing was. <laughs> uh, what was that? That's an Australian accent. Really? This one from Mr. Nice. What was he disguised as? <laughs> So why should Duke go into Room 101? There are so many reasons listed. The stupid jock stubbornness, immaturity, male chauvinistic, piggish, dickhead-headedness. Probably a word the Duke would use if he was real. These are easily said, and to purport that the Duke is a two-dimensional character would want nothing more than some beer and titties uh, may be true to a degree. But surely Duke also needs some praise. In a way, everyone loves the Duke. Just a little bit. Nope. But for the stupid comic nature of his position, take the fair mayor of London... Suck it down. Groovy. Come get some. It's down to you and me, you freak. Ooh, your ass is grass. And I've got the weed whacker. Squeal like a pig. You guys suck. Say hello to my little friend. Your face, your ass. What's the difference? Blow it out your ass. Stop eyeballing me. Go ahead. Make my day. Over a decade, let's say. His right, no, his duty to keep his feet from being burnt in Room 101 are clear to see. Duke is a classic, clear throwback of older days. Nostalgic, better days. Nope. nope. Where each of us knew the world was simple and fair. You see these subliminal uh, messages I'm threading into this. Does he pander to the New Age hero, these torn between the moral high ground, or as seems to be, as seems to be the trend, the shades of grey that run through life? No, the Duke won't stand for this. He calls a knife a knife, a gun a gun, and he will use your nuts as a boxing bag for fun. Outside the industry, the world will call him a farce and place him on the mantle to despise. Here in the gaming community, I say we should praise him for the god-awfulness of his plight. The Duke knows what he stands for. He knows what is expected of him. But who has ever seen the Duke after a day of beer drinking and lady ogling? Where is the Duke that has a hot cup of cocoa and places his rabbit head slippers on before slipping into bed with a good book? 
You put <laughs> slippers on in bed? Okay. He is hidden behind a media frenzy of hate from outside and inside our community. He knows his role and he knows that without his role there would be no real heroes in today's games. No. He gives us the polar opposite of to rate today's heroes. The Duke is the hero barometer of our age. The reverse yardstick? Yes, I'm saying without Duke, we would never have gotten our true heroes, the men and women that line the top 50 characters. Our master chiefs, our soaps, our shepherds. Bollocks. Soap wasn't even fucking on it. Those that shone and continue to shine brightly because we look... He did say this was tongue-in-cheek, but still. Because we look at them in comparison to the dark light that Duke gives us all. Before we choose to send him to Room 101, take a moment to think of the world without the Duke. Ah... Yes, it would be a world of pain. So let me raise a drink to the Duke and for all the ass he continues to kick. Hail to the king. Do not listen to this. I would defend... Two things more from Don Ragnar. I will defend Duke Nukem. Why? Two simple reasons. Firstly, the memories. I first played the Duke in 2D when I was a kid, and it really was the prime demographic when he went 3D. Heck, I even raced against him in Death Rally. I have some great memories of playing with and against Duke Nukem. Secondly, he is unstoppable. Anyone who can survive the transition from 2D to 3D, followed by racing games and years and years and years and years in development hell to get released in 2011, will manage to kick his way out of Room 101 and come gunning after whoever put him in there. Mm. And Combine. Duke is kind of an ironic character, though. It's hard to hate someone that knows it's annoying. Okay. So let's start with Matt, because we've always gone to him last, and that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) All of responsibility. It's it is a difficult. I mean, I see what um, what Sir Mr. Nice is saying, and uh, it it is clearly not intended to be in any way a serious character, and it's supposed it's it's supposed to be stereotypical, and it's supposed to be stupid and over the top. Um, I I just wonder really how pissed off uh, people would be, you know, so you know, people like yourself, Alex, if uh, Duke Nukem Forever had just been quietly left to die ten years ago. Uh, and it was just the nostalgic uh, looking back on it rather than the idea of him being dredged up very imminently yeah it's only because he's still hanging he's still he's been hanging around all the time every couple of years uh, the Duke Nukem forever and therefore Duke Nukem would be uh, brought back so interestingly his reason for keeping him out is my reason for chucking him in I I go away <laughs> seriously. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have that many fond memories of Duke Nukem to be honest. Um, I've I've played uh, I've played the games a bit before, but I don't really. I always thought it was a bit shit to be honest. So I would throw him in, but I can understand why people want to keep him out. Okay, um, Darren. All oh, right, um, Duke Nukem. Oh God, I feel like a sales pitch. Uh, I just this character to me is. Ever since I played Duke Nukem 3D for the first time, th- this is what I was playing games for. Now, I say that, I, I, that's not to say that every time I played a game like this, I wanted it to be tits and aliens and pipe bombs and stuff, but Duke Nukem just, just, <laughs> okay, I, 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 like, I like, I like the tits and the pipe bombs, but, um, the, it just oozes fun every time, I bet even today, well, I say that, even on Xbox Live Arcade, I played it, you know, when it came out, and I just absolutely loved it. It just, you put it on, and it's just fun. The whole world around him is fun. And um, everything Duke can do is fun. Like like, uh, like someone said previous in the paragraph, he can lay down a holoduke to fool people, and he can use a jetpack, and you can throw pipe bombs through teleporters, and it's just it, he is a, he is a stupid character, but that's why I love him. 
Could and, uh, Danny Wallace do the same thing if he <laughs> no, was in the Duke Nukem game? It, it needs to be uh, John St. John, the voice actor. It can only be him because it's, it's played so well by him and uh, everything he says is just so ridiculous. Um, but that's that's why I like it. And without Duke Nukem, we wouldn't have Grayson Hunt and uh, the Bulletstorm team, in my yes. eyes. It's, uh, it's a pure influence there and I'm loving Bulletstorm to every, every minute I play and it just oozes fun. Um, who doesn't want to shrink down your team, you know, your, your, your mate in multiplayer and squash them? Like, it's just, everything about Duke in this world is fun. And, um, I, I, I love Duke Nukem and I will fight for him because I love <laughs> him bitches. so much. <laughs> okay, so that's, uh, that's one pro, two con. Tony? Well. Okay, yeah, let me show you guys one picture before we carry on, okay? This is how I see Duke. Okay. Have a good close look at this and think carefully before you answer, Tony. What? Mitch, do you want to describe this? Because you're our, our key describer. Oh, well, it's one of the funniest pictures of Duke Nukem ever. Um, it's Duke Nukem covering Lara Croft's nipples with his hands. Basically. Yeah, she's doing the Janet Jackson thing where she's got her hands up and like he's going, Ugh, and he's covering her tits with his hands and giving us a cheesy grin. Um, that's, why, yeah, that's why we loved him. Before you answer, Tony, I will remind you of my stance on Duke. My point is, he is harmful to the viewpoint of gamers that is purported by the media. Whenever idiotic, reactionary, knee-jerk parent groups need someone to point at, they'll point at him, and he makes us look bad. I think if he was cast out and then uh, the rest of gamers could get on with Bulletstorm or something else like that, that's fine. But if we got rid of Duke, at least then they wouldn't have something quite as obviously recognisably stupid and crass and like household name stupid and crass as Duke Nukem to point a finger at and going, look, this is just filth. You done? Yeah, go, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the problem. We, I, th- I think every industry or whatever, everything in life has its extremities. So Duke Nukem is, is I, I agree with you on pretty much every aspect out, but Duke Nukem is that extremity of the... If he's at any extremity, he's the cock. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's trash. And he, he also represents a place where gaming kind of almost become mature back in the day. You know, he was kind of an adult game. But also he's become massively immature now. Now I think... That rests on. Let's see what happens with Duke Nukem Forever. But oh, but seriously, do you think he's going to change the formula that much? Well, I, I agree with what basically Matt. This Anderson can't be a waste situation. Weirdly, the the one thing that has kept him current is the fact that the game has taken this long to come. He's mm. become a joke of himself, but he's still managed to keep in the limelight. So he just won't go away. Now, if you don't like that what he uh, represents then that's a big problem now it's not whether I don't like it I, uh, frankly I could just ignore Duke to the end of time but I'm worried that people will be able to capitalise on how rubbish he looks to make video games look worse but at the other end oh here's a picture of him in real life by the way oh I'm looking forward <laughs> to this that's what I mean would you even give him a second glance if he was like that in real life you'd just be like you fucking poser I'd give him a hug <laughs> He just looks like someone who's totally washed up. Right, so at the other end, there's there's very arty-fartsy games. You think of something like Flower and Flow and stuff like that. and a lot. There is nothing fartsy about Flower. The, peop- the people that you know absolutely adore Duke aren't normally the people that like that stuff. Now, I think you need the extremities in life to make the, the games in the middle. Now, something like Bulletstorm, you know, it's... 
It's Volk, it's Crash, but it's also a good game. And I think that's the problem with Duke Nukem, is that he's yet to prove. He's pr- he proved back in the day that he, yeah, he, that was a reasonably good game. Um, but he's been in the limelight for so long, for, so, for no reason. It was the last good Duke Nukem game, was Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. So mm. he, he, he's, he's proved nothing other than he's brought his crassness with him. Yeah. If he brings a good game with him, that's I'm, a fine willing point. To, I'm willing to put him to one side and say, okay, you, 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 I don't know, you represent, you, you cater for a certain sector of market that I don't necessarily want, but I understand why it exists. But I have a feeling that Forever isn't that. I think it's just a game just like the character who's been dragged through the mud for the last ten years. And that's so, you know, I, I'm going to rest my Room 101 decision on whether Forever turns out to be a good game. But if I'm going to have to make a decision here and now, then I want to see gaming move forward. I don't want it to, to sit in the past and <laughs> reminisce how you know times were so different and we could get away with stupid well, child, adolescent childish uh, comments. Because I've, Bulletstorm, I guess, is, is the evolution of that. It fulfills the criteria. I'm not saying I'm not saying put these games away. I'm not saying don't make these games. By all means, carry on making bullet storms left, right, and center. Give us some innovative, crazy, mental batshit games. But there is no strength in Duke's character. Not real strength. Okay, so I, I, was, I would actually just add that I think you're giving too much um, to Duke as a character himself. I think there's other games that have been a lot more harmful in the industry. I think Duke Nukem himself is more of a, a caricature that hardcore gamers tend to focus on more than really any other uh, media. Mm. Uh, well, again, it's going to be a we'll see, because when Duke Nukem Time to Kill comes out... No, sorry. Duke Nukem... What's it called? <laughs> oh, Forever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Duke Nukem Forever finally comes out and people are throwing poop around, if that gets even a... I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's a tripwire. If that gets even an iota of Fox News time, where it's like, and this is what the game that the kids are playing these days, and it's got Duke throwing poop at a stripper's tits. <laughs> Interim <laughs> 101. Instantly. <laughs> instantly. He will just get shucked in. I mean, that sounds like a great game, I'm sure. But, um, it, I hope there's an achievement for that. If it makes... <laughs> People think that games are like that. Then we're going all the way back to fucking 1993 when Mortal Kombat came out. We've, we really need to fight strong, mature battles without resulting to poop flinging. I, I don't want someone like that on my side. Okay, so James, we've got one film. We've got uh, Matt. Did you say pro? No, no, uh, I was con. I said put him in. Darren was pro. Tony? put him in Tony's con so pretty much it's uh, that's three cons James just for the record but now at the same time there is such an overwhelming overwhelming response of pro from from our forums that they've got to at least count for one one pro at least okay so what's that that's uh, that's that's two, that's two pros uh, so basically, if you go pro, then Duke is a hung jury and, and will be hovering outside room 101. But based forever. on forever until, <laughs> until he forever makes a out. really good game that everyone likes and is actually quite ironic, or he makes a sh- like a, a shitty splash on Fox News and and a bunch of idiot reactionary jokes go. I don't think that anyone could argue that Pink Flamingos meets Debbie Does Dallas is a good thing. Okay, so Midge, never want about a peer pressure. Who are you going to go? 
Hmm, let me think. Let's just say. I'm, I'm no, seriously. The... What would if in a vacuum, if somebody said, "Do you want to get rid of Duke Nukem for, uh, you know, just forever, or do you want to keep him out because he might make good games in the future?" What would you honestly say? Because it doesn't really. Just imagine that it doesn't matter at all. Keep him out. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hail to the <laughs> king, baby. Uh. <laughs> okay. Pending execution, Duke is relegated <laughs> to a lifetime of imprisonment outside of Room 101. Roll on May the 6th. We shall May. see. Yeah, May the 6th. But as you guys know, the Roll second he turns up on Fox News, the second I see something in the Daily Mail about, is this filth what we want our children playing, he goes in. It's that simple. If he could be used by am- as ammunition by the opposing team, then fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. It's a fair point. Especially since it shouldn't even be a war. We're not even trying to... We're not even trying to fight the other people. We're just trying to bring them around to this... Uh, to not trying to attack us all the time. To going, oh, you know what? Maybe video games are just another form of entertainment. All we, all we really want is their tolerance. Mm, well, we don't need to bring them around to our, our way of life. We don't need to force them to play Bulletstorm. But there's a ton of crap movies out there yeah. that people generally like. Yeah. I know, but it's it's still a developing art form. It's taken art form. Here we go. It's still a developing media form, which is taking a long time to get tenure because of shit like this holding it back. You know, I completely agree with you. If there had been the 16-bit version of Mass Effect that everyone was playing, that would have moved us forwards. I just, I'm always very resonant um, of just or reluctant, I guess. Reticent. Reticent of taking. A whole genre of way of these these kind of games that like you would not have Bulletstorm if, if it wasn't for Duke Nukem. So it's not a, a genre, Tony. It's a subgenre. The um, crass FPS, I suppose, is the way of putting it. I mean, it's it's just it's Doom with tits <laughs> and onliners. <laughs> you see, you see. Like, I want a new media form to come out so that they can pick on that instead and leave video exactly. games the fuck alone. Exactly. We're just unfortunate, and you know, if we did live in a world where there was a different media form that was being picked and scrutinised, um, apart from games, then uh, Duke Nukem, I think, would have an even better. The irony is that video game has has the potential to. Uh, evolve into a new form of uh, right, a form it, of it entertainment is. that's yeah. com- and it is. But Duke is standing in the fucking way with his giant size twelve boots. Uh, and I, I, I think you know this is where your passion comes from. I, I think we are actually generally scared about this character that really is just a caricature of you know darkness and crapness. I'm not scared. Because I'm cautious and worried and a little I, bit kind of oh for God trepidatious. We've we've pushed for so many years to kind of be taken well, to fight out of the dark yeah, ages. To be taken seriously yet. Yeah, you know, Duke Nukem isn't the only game sitting there doing this. There's there's tons of games that of course come out. He's not. It's, it's just that. But he's so easy. To. Yeah. And also, it's this isn't the least bit serious. They're not. This is a whole. This the whole thing is a gigantic joke. So if they if they showed it on Fox News, they would not at any point say it's all done ironically. Though, by the way, <laughs> it's 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 all done in a kind of like hey tits and guns hey, kind of way. Well, let me ask you this: Are you going to play it? No. 
don't care. You're not even curious. To see no, it. I don't care. I, I, I could ignore Duke for the rest of my life. I'm fine with that. But here's the thing. I can't in good conscience put Duke into Room 101 because it's not exemplary of the way the video game community sees him because half of them would want to keep him out and half of them want to boot him in. The only possible recourse would be to keep him always hanging at the doorway, always ready to be booted in because if if there's still enough people arguing in his favour, we can't really be rid of him. So all I'd ask is that everyone in a DC community who's been singing Duke's praises over the past couple of days have a really good think about how about what Duke means. And, oh, bollocks, that still sounds fantastic. How could I say that and it not? Just think, for fuck's sake. Think properly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sound patronising, but Jesus Christ, guys. Represent. Is it a tits, scat, and guns? Is that really the figurehead we want? Who made Duke the figurehead? I don't know. You guys. (laughs) We were all ready to forget him. I can't wait to spend my £65 on the Balls of Steel edition. £65? <laughs> quid! That is going to be £12. Quid. Yes, yes it is. I'm sure that Gearbox have, uh, won't release a shoddy product and it'll play well enough. <laughs> it just, the content will be kind of... Eh. It will be a thing of 10 years in development. Yeah, it'll feel disjointed and unremarkable. But it won't be broken and unplayable because Gearbox wouldn't do that. Because I'm, I'm assuming they, they've got the license now. They want the character to be in good later games. <laughs> then you get me Duke Nukem because I am not spending a penny on that. I, ironically, in the English parlance, I would spend a penny on that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here, here's a tip for anyone deciding to do that. Just wait two weeks because it'll be in the bargain bin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that game is going to crash in price. Yeah, I agree. And the official final count on who was in and who was out of Room 101. In Room 101, we got Dirk the Daring, Alex Kidd, Centurion Beast King, Miles Perawa, Mick and Mac, the Global Gladiators, Liu Kang, Bubsy the Bobcat, Big the Cat, Blinks the Cat, Ivy Valentine, Tingle, Jigglypuff, Ashley Graham, Seth, the producer, Rico Velasquez, and Hope S. Time. And saved from the flames, the dog from Duck Hunt, James Pond, underwater agent, Raiden, Wee Mees, and, and pending later assessment, Duke Nukem, depending on the impact of Duke Nukem Forever. Hail to the king, baby. So that's all from us this week. Thank you very much, Midge and Dez. Could you tell us about your show? You can find us at idkfapodcast.libsyn.com or search for idkfapodcast on iTunes. We release... Um, a show every Monday or Tuesday, depending on depending on when we record. And one week we talk about what we've been playing, and next week we have a general topic to do with games, which we discuss, and then either have guests on or put out to our listeners. So yeah, check us out. Mitch puts out to his listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Harrier, thank you very much for coming on the show once again. Awesome podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, man. Okay, Tony and I will be back next week. In a lot calmer fashion. 
Oh, actually, no, I will say this. Um, I may or may not put out Gonzo Gaming or even a DC next week because my new computer, thanks to everyone who donated for that, is coming through this weekend and I've got a host of different new applications to learn how to use. I'm going to be editing on different software. I'm going to be recording on different software. I'm going to be publishing. It just, it's going to be complete. Even the art is going to have a completely different program. It is going to be a steep learning curve and I'm going to have to self-teach pretty we'll bloody see. quickly. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to hopefully be able to get it done. But... Bear with me. It might come out on a slightly different day. We don't know. And be sure to check out Digital Gonzo this week if you like 1980s cartoons because there is a Nevermind the Buzzcock style quiz called Nevermind the Buzz Geeks that's entirely centred around cartoons of the 80s. And it's one of the most fun podcasts I've ever had. So we'll be back next week. I've been Archer. I've been Tony Atkins. And happy trails. I like big guns and I cannot lie. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough? Cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My homeboy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Ooh, rump a smooth skin. You say you wanna get in my bins? Well, use me, use me, cause you ain't that average groupie. I seen her dancing to hell with romance and she's sweat, wet. Got it going like a turbo vet. I'm tired of magazines. Send flat butts all the thing. Take the average black man and ask him what. She got to pack much back. So, fellas. Yeah. Fellas. Yeah. your girlfriend got your butt? Hell Tell yeah. Shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake, it. shake that healthy butt. Baby got ballet. Here's my scandal. I want to get you home and uh, double up. Uh, uh. I ain't talking about Playboy, because silicone parts are made for toys. I want them real thick and juicy. So find that juicy double. Makes a lot in trouble. Begging for a piece of that bubble. So I'm looking at rock videos. Not me bimbos walking like hoes. You can have them bimbos. I'll keep my women like Flojo. A word to the thick soul sisters. I want to get with you. I won't cuss or hit you. But I got to be straight when I say I want to. Till the break of dawn, baby, got it going on. A lot of sense won't like this song, cause them punks like to hit me with it. And I'd rather stay and play, cause I'm long and I'm strong and I'm down to get the friction on. So ladies, ladies, if you wanna roll my Mercedes, turn around, stick it out. Even white boys got the shout, baby got back. Red bean.
miss her. Some knucklehead tried to diss. Cause his girls are on my list. He had game, but he chose to hit him. And I pull up quick to get with him. So ladies, if the butt is round, and you want a triple X, go down. Dial 1-900-MIX-A-LOT and kick them nasty thoughts. Baby got back. <laughs> Sex people.